Hello and welcome back. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about Facebook rebranding itself as Meta and the Virginia gubernatorial race. I'm Luke. And I'm Rody. And this is the Right Side of the Compass podcast. So let's get down to business. Uh, our first uh, topic today, of course, is uh, Facebook rebrands itself as Meta. Um, let's get this out of the way. Um, meta in Hebrew means dead. It's obviously not pronounced that way. It's pronounced more like Meta. But the idea is that uh, everyone's saying, oh, Facebook is rebranding itself because it's dead. And uh, I-, I hate, it's kind of like boomer humor if, if uh if you will, it's a very, very silly thing. A lot of Jews are saying it, but it's kind of, I'm sure meta means other things in other languages. But you think it's dead that you mean, you mean Facebook is dead, like it's, it's dying or you think by changing their name, we're all going to die. No, the idea is that the, <laughs> the idea is that Facebook is rebranding itself because it's dead. So it's meta as in dead. Mm-hmm. Meta also, by the way, is used when like a girl is laughing so hard. She says, Ani meta, right? Because she's dying of laughter. So uh, what's it called? So it's basically Facebook is rebranding itself as meta because they want to expand. I think it's more they, they want to expand their, their horizon. Because when you think of Facebook, you think of... Uh, you know, the social media brand, but I think they want to be more than just social media. They want to be, you know, one of the tech giants, which, you know, I think they are. So they want to rebrand and change their name to, I guess, go the next step, the next level, because I mean, that's what it seems like their goal is, is to go to, you know, the next level and, um, and um, be something bigger than just a social media page, even though they do own other things you just associate Facebook with, you know, Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp. So, you know, when you think of uh, Google, you think of technology in general. Actually, no, I think Google did the same thing. They also rebranded yeah, they, to Alphabet. Alphabet. Alphabet, yeah, they rebranded. They, they because, did that too. you know, when you associate Google, you, you associate, you know, like Google search and stuff like that. So they want to, you know, they don't want to just be specific towards either Facebook or, you know, or in Google's case, you know, Google as a search engine. They want to be, you know, more. Um, we haven't seen Amazon do that yet. Um, but, um, I mean, that seems like that's what uh, Facebook's goal is. Well, I think specifically with Amazon, Amazon has been pretty good, at least in my opinion. I I may be completely off the mark because, again, I'm not I don't really care what Amazon does, at least in terms of my own personal life. Uh, Amazon has been pretty good at being associated with more than just buying stuff on the Internet. As and also, it's just as a matter of practicality, if you can buy everything you need off of Amazon you're not going to be associated with just like, oh, that's where grandmas go to post their, you know, boomer tier memes or whatever, because Facebook kind of is hemorrhaging users. They're hemorrhaging users to things like, well, Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok, other well, platforms face- that are. Facebook doesn't own Snapchat, so. I don't. They don't. They don't. Um, but the I, what I'm trying to say simply is that a couple of years ago, everyone was on Facebook. Everyone had a Facebook account. 
as people are getting younger and younger and younger, as Gen Z grows into being, I guess, adults, for lack of a better term, uh, they're finding that Facebook is really becoming a grandpa's platform. Not to say that I don't have a Facebook, but compared to Gen Z, I'm a grandpa. So, oh my God, uh, that happened to me once. I was uh, one time, uh, you know, with uh, two uh, two uh, younger friends of mine, and you know, it was you know we were you know just meeting each other, and you know I wanted to friend them on Facebook, so I went to my Facebook and I was gonna friend them on Facebook, and they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Um, I'm friending you on Facebook." They're like, "Why?" Because we're friends. Like, no one uses Facebook anymore. Y'all use like Instagram <laughs> and Snapchat. <laughs> so, yeah, I've seen I've seen that also from people that I've spoken to who are younger than me, even just a couple of years younger than me. People do not use Facebook. It is really an old people platform, uh, which I I wear as a badge of honor because I I, I feel spiritually like I'm 83. So oh, yeah, no, we're I'm, we're old souls. We're very old souls. So I need an old soul social media platform. Where I can be like, Billy, is that where the thing goes over there? Why are the women dancing on the internet video? I mean, I don't know. It never really made sense to me because, like, you know, Facebook encompasses all of it. Like, you know, you could post things like it, Twitter, like Twitter, you can post, you know, your thoughts on it. Uh, like Instagram, you can post pictures on it. And, you know, you can do all what you could do what the other platforms could do, but it's all in just one. So I never really understood really the, the interest to go to the other platforms, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> well, you know what it is? The reality is, is that number one in, I think this is just my personal opinion. I don't know anything about this type of stuff because I'm not, I'm not, I'm hooked to my phone, but I really use it to, you know, to number one, to aggregate news, to see what's, what's going on in the world. But I also see, um, I also use it just to play games, talk to my friends. I'm not sitting there making videos all the time. I think number one, there is an appeal of having a social media platform that your parents don't understand. If you're a young person, you'd rather be on a platform where grandma isn't watching. I think that's also why you have a lot of these, like TikTok has become associated with the LGBTQ community and then the, the mental disorder community, because that's where these kids go when they don't want their parents saying, oh, I'm making up that I have autism. Oh, I'm making up that I'm two spirit or whatever. That's where they go, because if they pulled this crap on Facebook, then a lot of their parents would go, hey, no, you're not. Uh, get off of social media. Uh, go and clean your room and uh, do your homework and go to bed. Don't make these stupid videos. But the, the, the reason they're on TikTok or on other social media platforms is because their parents aren't there. Facebook is kind of this very milk toast platform where you can kind of just write an essay and you could put it on or you could post pictures of your dog and your kids and whatever but the kids are interested in, in hanging out with the other kids so that's why they're they're in at least in my opinion that's why they're going to these alternative platforms um but i also think there is an advantage in uh, i guess specializing tiktok's not the first platform to make these kind of short form videos popular and there was vine before that. yeah i was literally gonna say they had that vine um they've had other pl platforms before youtube is trying to get into the into that space with youtube shorts and instagram reels they're trying to do that but the reality is that tiktok has a corner on the market and it shows um but that's not even the 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 i guess the meat and potatoes of it 
I think the most important part is that they have been signaling that they want specifically to deal more with VR. As you may or may not know, Facebook doesn't just own Instagram and WhatsApp. They also own Oculus. Oculus, yeah. And Oculus, uh, they do virtual reality. If you go to, I don't know, any store that sells video game stuff, they'll sell an Oculus Rift to you or whatever the Oculus platform of choice well, sometimes is Sometimes in the mall, you'll see them, you know, like, oh, like a demonstration or a preview and you can like, you know, wait online and, and like use it. So. Right, right, right. Right. And it, Oculus is an in- interesting concept because as a gamer, it's cool because you can do all these cool things with, in virtual reality, which you can't do on a standard gaming platform such as a PlayStation or even the Nintendo Switch. It's, it really is a unique gaming platform, which is why that would be interesting to a person such as myself. But what they want to do more is they want to integrate social media into virtual reality. So what that would mean is that let's say you would put you instead of, I don't know, say going to work on the bus and you know, taking an hour of commute, what you would do is you'd put on your headset and you would see a virtual table with all your coworkers' avatars and you're talking to your your coworkers in virtual reality. Um, Now, the issue with this, of course, is that uh, number one, it's not going to work out the way, you know, they want it to because that's never how technology is. It always kind of lags behind expectations but also it it seems kind of dystopian in my opinion to you know to to kind of take the humanity out of working right for the past year and a half it's going to be two years soon we've been working from home avoiding each other and uh it seems that facebook or now meta wants to capitalize on the moment that we're living in, which is, I guess, the virtual reality moment. Reality doesn't exist anymore. They're trying to keep us indoors. They're trying to keep us on our computers as much as they can. They want us working from home. You know, they want to keep us separate. They want us ordering things on the internet. They don't want us going out so much. And part of that is going to be they're trying to replace actual reality with virtual reality, uh, kind of like in the Matrix. Yeah, I mean... So, I mean, I also wanted to to mention that they're also trying to get into augmented reality. They just partnered with Ray-Bans to make glasses, to uh, make, like, smart glasses uh, so you can use uh, during your day. So they're also trying to get into that. But, you know, this kind of really reminds me, you know, this isn't a new concept, you know, VR and uh, augmented reality. Um, it's been, you know, the concept has been around for a while, just, you know, technology hasn't been there. And I feel like it was inevitable. It's inevitable to get there. You know, if Facebook doesn't do it, someone else is going to do it. So it doesn't really matter who does it in the end, whether it's Facebook or someone else, because it's definitely going to be done because, you know, let's face it, you know, similar to. I understand your argument, but people were saying the same thing when when video games came out or when, you know, movies and TVs is like, oh, no one's ever going to go outside anymore because everyone's just going to be in their homes, you know, playing video games all day. Um, you know, China just banned uh, playing video games to combat a video game addiction. So, I mean, 
You can't see it, but I'm I'm nodding in approval because uh, <laughs> if you know, no, if you know anything about uh, Asia, they they have some of the worst rates of video game addiction. They have in Japan specifically. They have they have a subculture of people that just will not leave their rooms and they just play computer games all day. Now I'm not saying that doesn't happen in the West either, but I think it's it's more acceptable in Asia for them to do that. So you know, I don't want to be the guy who agrees with China, but you know, if you see that your people are being addicted to video games, especially the younger ones, yeah, I, I think it, it makes sense to to kind of limit their access to video games. I I, I say this as a video game player. I love video games, but uh, you know, I I'm disagree an adult. with that because you know I believe in you know why should you tell me whether I can play something or not? It it should be my choice. Whether... Well, specifically, this applies only to children and children. As libertarian as you want to be, you can't be libertarian with kids because kids don't have the agency to be free people. So whether you're libertarian or well, authoritarian. I think to an extent you can. I mean, obviously, I don't think, you know, yeah, they shouldn't make all this like all decisions. But there are certain decisions I do think, you know, children can make on their own. And, you know, I mean, also, it should be the parents decision whether to allow the kids or not to to play video games or not. Well, I mean, in the United, we have a similar thing in the United States where, um, for example, parents aren't aren't supposed to be giving their kids uh, cigarettes or alcohol or drugs. That's a crime punishable. Now you might say, well, it's my kid. I should be allowed to give him uh, alcohol. But the problem is, is that as a society, we do have a, a, a stake in how others raise their children. Now, the question isn't whether... Uh, the question isn't whether society has has no or or let me rephrase that because I'm I'm kind of stumbling over my words here. The question isn't whether society does or doesn't have a stake in your kid's upbringing, but rather to what degree we allow the state to be involved in your kid's up upbringing, which actually has to do with the next topic. But we'll get there when we get there. Um, in well, my opinion, in my yeah. opinion, the state does have. Uh, a sort of right to say this is a baseline uh, uh, things that you need to provide for your children. You need to do X, Y, Z, or you can't do X, Y, Z, right? Um, I, now, I'm pretty hands-off most of the time. I would say that, yeah, most of the time parents should be free to make certain judgments for their children and their children should and the children should follow the parents and the state should, for the most part, be hands-off. I 100% agree. But we, there should be certain behaviors and certain practices that should be curtailed uh, in order for our children to grow, grow up in a good society. And I think that, you know, it is well within reason that China would say, hey, listen, a lot of our kids are being addicted to these video games. Let's make them go outside. Right. You may not agree with the way they do it. You may not agree with what they say. And I would be inclined to agree with you only because, again, I don't like the Chinese Communist Party and I'm not here to defend them. But it's not it's not in principle it's not the principle that's the issue here you're arguing about or at least it seems to me that if you want to make an argument against what china is doing you'd have to make a more specific argument not a more general broad argument because even in every in every country every country worth living in has some sort of child protective services where if parents are doing wrong by their kids the kids can get taken away from them so i don't think that's a fair thing to say in my opinion mhm mm now, in terms of in now, in terms of uh, what you said about virtual reality being inevitable, I'm not disagreeing about whether it's inevitable, whether it's not inevitable. I'm just simply pointing out that this is going on, 
And in my opinion, right, this is not a good thing because we shouldn't be encouraging these companies to own our interactions with other people. As we stay indoors, as we delegate more of our business practices to online interactions, right, as we do that, the more these big companies have control over what we do, right? So if before a board meeting took place in person and you can have complete privacy to board meeting, now if a board wants to meet of some company and they and they use um, Horizon Worlds, which seems to be, uh, it's going to be, it may be Meta's new um, VR brand for this purpose, Facebook will have, will have access to all of the group's meetings. And we don't want to give them that power. I mean, that's just that's just the way I see it. I also see it as, hey, I don't want this to be a norm because I still want there to be value in seeing other people. And yes, it's true that social media has made people more isolated. And yes, uh, video games have kept people indoors. And yes, listen, yes, that. Well, I, I think you're getting a lot of, you know, the ideas of from the from the promotion video that that Mark Zuckerberg had, those are like, you know, their goals or what they want to get to eventually. But I don't see that actually happening for like a few decades. Um, but even if it happens to our grandkids, it's not a good idea. I want my grandkids going outside and meeting real people. I don't want a company saying, oh, it's easier for us to just, you know, do meetings across the planet. You don't see anyone. I guess the one upside is that parents will be home with their kids more. So I guess it, in a way, it kind of circles back to a more traditional upbringing where the father is home, right? Because in the people, people always, when they talk about traditional uh, families, right, they always talk about, well, the, the husband goes off to work in the factory and the wife stays at home and raises the kids. Most of the time, the dad worked at home because he was working on the farm, right? And the kids would help out with the farming, right? So I guess the advantage would be that if dad's not going to work because work is virtual, then, you know, dad has more time to spend with his kids uh, and he can raise them more efficiently. And then, you know, we can kind of, as these corporations take more power, then at least we can maybe take away some of the power from the government. Um, but I, I don't like the I don't like the idea of this. I, I still I'm I'm still very uneasy about this, and especially because these people are are are, are very obviously weirdos. And I mean, you're not the only one to be to feel this way. There are plenty. There have been many movies made about this exact concept. Uh, you know, this is really reminds me of. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's all right to be be afraid. You know, like the, I remember when Elon Musk like announced like robots, and everyone was you know pointing out, oh, this is iRobot all over again. Um, you know that you know technology is going to take over; they, it could be corrupt. I mean, it's a definitely an understandable worry, and I understand why you feel this way. Um, this really reminds me of. Uh, have you seen the movie Ready Player One? Yeah, I saw that with our uh, buddy. No, with who? With our our friend, who I'm not going to name, but we saw oh. it with him, no? Um, or did you not see it with us? I don't think I saw it with you. I, mean, I saw the movie, but I mean... I, did you see it at Teen, uh, Teenex Cinemas? Did you see it with us there? No, I did not. Okay, so then you didn't see it with us, but right. I saw it with one of our mutual friends. Oh, all right, fine. So um, that's what this... I mean, this is what it kind of reminds me of, that like that's what they're going toward, like, you know, towards, um, you know, Ready Player, the movie Ready Player One. Also, you know, it reminds me of another show. Um, have you seen the anime um, Sword Art Online? 
I haven't seen it, but it's very famous. I've heard of it. Yeah, there's yeah, a video so game. Like, you know, they yeah. go into a video game, then, you know, they get stuck um, there and stuff like that because uh, the developer made it that if you die in real, you know, in the game, you die in real life because the, the headgear will, like, like, send, like, you know, waves through your head and, you know, fry your brain. Right, so. but I'm, I'm saying that it's different for a video game because a video game fundamentally is a game right that's not my issue vr has been around for video games for a while and that's that's totally fine right my issue more is that when we try to take the regular people out of the office and we put them online that that's my problem so you're saying having video games is okay but for everyday purposes it's not okay yeah, because there's a fundamental difference between a game versus real life. And what they want to do, listen, when you go to GameStop and you want to buy an Oculus Rift, it's very obvious that what you're doing is you're buying a, a, a gaming machine, right? It's very obvious. You're not using this to commute to work. You're using this because you want to escape reality. So there, in your mind, you at least know like, hey, this is not real. There's, there's a part of you that goes... Oh, this is not real. I better just, you know, enjoy this. But, you know, eventually I have to take the headset off. I go into real life, right? The thing is, is that what they're trying to do, and this is what I think is a bit unprecedented, they're trying to move reality to virtual reality. That's what I think is the difference. I mean, wouldn't it be like, you know, how in Star Wars, when they would have meetings, you know, there would be like holograms of them in the meetings. Like, you don't think it would be something like that, where it's like, you know, you're in a, in a room and, you know, people are there, but they're not actually there. You don't find that uh, okay? Well, so they, he, I think Mark Zuckerberg actually addressed this where he essentially said, uh, oh, you know, we've, we've been doing Zoom and we see each other's faces, but he wants to make a virtual reality. And that's the way I kind of see the Star Wars technology with the holograms. Uh, the, the way I see it is that that's just a very, that's a glorified Zoom call, right? But yeah. if we, but if what they want to do is they want, I guess what I see the difference is that when, when the, when the person in star Wars is sending you like one of those blue holograms, you don't have a headset on. It doesn't encompass your whole reality. You just take out like the little disc thing. It projects a hologram and you're like, you're talking to them. However, that technology works and they never properly explain it. And it, it always seems to be like a plot hole because there needs to be cameras recording. And it's, it's a whole weird thing, but just it, you know, um, suspension of disbelief aside, you're still immersed in reality. It's, a, it's more like augmented reality, but augmented reality is still viewing things through this kind of digital lens. So I guess it's one step removed from digital, from augmented reality. What they want to do with virtual reality is you put on the headset and you see the reality as it's being programmed before you. You don't see the actual boardroom. You see a fake boardroom. Maybe it's in space. Maybe it's in the Wild West. Everyone has their own avatar. Uh, everyone's doing their own thing and it to me it's 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 like they want to bring everything into the virtual world and that's very scary because then facebook number one has access to all the conversations in all these meetings at all these places of work and as we know facebook knows a lot of stuff about you facebook actually knows that you want to go to the bathroom before you go to the, before you know you want to go to the bathroom they they know based on patterns Facebook has accounts for people who don't have Facebook accounts. They know enough about you. Even if you've never made a Facebook account, they know enough about you to, to have a file on you. And we want these people uh, doing uh, virtual reality meetings with all of our uh, 
you know, with all of our companies or, you know, our small businesses, we want them facilitating this. I don't know if I want that necessarily. I definitely agree that they, they definitely know you better than you know yourself. Uh, I remember once I was going through, I was learning about, uh, you know, Facebook advertisement. And one of the choices to advertise was you can choose to, you know, direct your advertisement towards, towards people that like just moved. And it's like, well, how do you know people like just moved? It's like, you know, based on their posts or, you know, um, patterns and this and that, or it's, uh, but I mean, everything's, but everything's tracking you nowadays. I mean, you know, Google's tracking you, Amazon's tracking you, uh, your phone's tracking you. That doesn't mean it's correct. That's just, that's just a state. That's just a factual statement. And I don't disagree with the factual statement. I'm saying that that's not correct. You're right. But there's a saying where if you want, if you want certain, if you want, um, how do I say, uh, ease of use or, you know, efficiency, you have to give up like certain freedoms in order to get those efficiencies. So it depends what your priorities are. Well, yeah, if you want to, if you want more efficiency, then yes, it's necessary to get more information on people to get those efficiencies. But like, if you're very for, you know, freedom of, uh, you know, you know, having your information, you know, private and, you know, you want all your freedoms and you don't care about those efficiencies, then you would have to basically like seclude yourself uh, from, you know, from everything. Uh, Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. I'm, I'm simply pointing out that, listen, it would be one thing if these companies were making these products and you could opt in or out of them at like completely opt in or out. But as society adopts more of these technologies, we have less and less of a say as to whether we want these technologies in our life. So, for example, when Facebook started, you didn't need to have a Facebook account. But now, 20 years, how long has it been since um, Facebook started? I like have, 12, counted, 13, 14 years? It's been a while. But you don't need a Facebook, though. I know people that don't have Facebook. You do. You do. Um, I know in Israel, for example... Um, the one of the ways that you set up that you can set up a, an appointment at the bank that you you go to because you nowadays you can't just walk into a bank and speak to a teller now you have to schedule an appointment and one of the ways you do it is on Facebook employers what they'll do is they'll look they'll, they'll hire some they'll they'll look into someone to hire them they'll they'll comb social media for them to see what they do on social media if you don't have a Facebook account they'll consider it weird what what people tell you is to make a Facebook account. If you don't have a Facebook account, they tell you to make a fake Facebook account or not a fake Facebook account, but to make a Facebook account where you just post like a couple of photos and maybe you, that's well, it. Well, here that's just not so you really could say you have I a mean, presence. Some on Facebook. employers look at Facebook, but they don't. It's not a deciding factor whether they have a Facebook or not. I know so many people that don't have Facebook, and you know they're living life just fine. Well, that's what I was told in the U.S. like a couple years back. I was told to have a Facebook and I was told to make sure that to to curate it for employers. And now there may be outdated information, but that's what I remember when I was looking for jobs in the U.S. Uh, they were there were articles no, saying curate def- your no, online I agree that you should have an online, online presence. It definitely I think look, I think it definitely can help. And, you know, it's. You're right. When when employers hiring, the first thing they go to is, is Facebook. But I don't think they'll find it 
weird that you don't have and for the for the bank uh in israel i mean the whole banking system in israel is is just terrible in general so i mean i wouldn't really use that as like the best example because you know i mean i find the banks here much more efficient and you know they have a teller here and it's you know that you don't have to go on facebook and make an appointment or anything but um well that's more for covid regulations but it's still as as we get more involved in these technologies, like uh, the hammer is considered a te- is is technically a piece of technology, right? Because at one point there wasn't a, ha- a technology is really just any innovation that humans come up with to make their lives easier, right? So hammers are a piece of technology. It's a very old piece of technology. It's a piece of technology that hasn't really advanced as much since it was invented, but it is a piece of technology. But your your life is not dependent on whether you own a hammer or whether you you want to own a hammer or whether you, you want to go buy a hammer or whether you want to rent one. It, no one cares if you have a hammer or not. But as as these technologies become, become more ubiquitous, we become more tied to them, these these modern technologies. So, for example, email, you know, before before email, before phones, there was a time when when you left the office, you weren't working anymore. You were done for the day. You could go home. You can be with your family. You can do whatever it is the hell you wanted. Nowadays, more and more people are expected to work 24-7. Now, you you may throw your hands in the air and say, like, well, such is life. I'm not, I'm not saying that we should throw out all technology because of this. I'm just saying that as these technologies are very social, and so if this company adopts a technology, then other companies are forced to adopt the technology in order to keep up. But we may not necessarily like that way it's going. As, as individuals, we may not like that. Uh, Yuval Noah Harari talks about that in his book, Sapiens. He essentially says that we'd be happier just running around and being cave people all day because, sure, it was brutal out there, but we had very few worries. We were very happy. And I'm not saying I agree with that necessarily, but the sen- I understand the sentiment, which is that get harder as technology progresses our lives become more complicated yes and uh, i don't think i i think we as a people we can say like hey facebook don't do this because our lives are difficult enough as it is we'd like a little simplicity in our life please don't you know make this and maybe as if if you like freedom i know i like freedom freedom we can demand that the government what i said freedom yeah well freedom come freedom comes at a price right just as you said ease of use costs freedom so freedom costs ease of use so we can we maybe if we are really concerned about freedom we should be petitioning our governments to say to put a cap on this type of technological advancement not because i don't think vr is good but because i just want the ability to walk into an office and have real discussions without facebook you know walking in on in on our discussion i want to be able to um have a life where everyone goes outside and meets people in real life there's been a lot of things that were killed because of social media and uh like it's it's such a broad topic it can be discussed to death mm-hmm. but i actually wanted to discuss uh the next topic so uh if you've been paying attention to what's been going on in virginia virginia is currently a nightmare especially if you are a parent of a child. But the latest thing to come out of Virginia is that over the weekend, there was a rally or I guess a bus tour more accurately for Republican gubernatorial candidate, Glenn Youngkin, who's running for 
the governor of Virginia. And it turns out that there were people who came to this uh, bu- uh, bus tour and there were a couple of people there who dressed up as white nationalist tiki torch holders. You, you remember the Charleston, um, the Charleston Unite the Right rally where they shouted Jews will not replace us and all that stuff. Sorry, when? In I think it was uh, in 20, the one where Trump said, uh, the, the, the one with the lie where Trump said there were good people on both sides. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember, yeah. Yeah, so that, that happened in Charleston, Virginia. Okay. Or no, not Char- Charlottesville, Virginia. Sorry, sorry, Char- Char- Charlottesville. Um, Charlottesville, my apology. My apologies. And they went to Charlottesville or they, I don't, were they in Charlottesville? Let me just double check. Oh, it was in Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah. So it was in Charlottesville. Charlottesville in 2017 was hit with a Unite the Right rally, which was a rally that was organized by these white supremacist types. Well, no, actually, step back. It was organized as an opposition to tearing down a certain statue and white supremacists overtook the the rally. Uh, That's what happened. So now, four years later, they're doing a, a Republican gubernatorial bus tour in the same city. And these Tiki Torch guys show up and it's it's it was very weird to a lot of people who were watching this because what they saw was is that, number one, these people were all wearing these very um, like Oakley style sunglasses. They looked like FBI agents. You, you've ever heard of the term glowies glowies? No. Yeah, glowies. So the idea is that um, if you go somewhere to a rally and you see a bunch of people walking around and they look very professional. They have like nice watches and they're all like there's a certain look to it. And essentially they say, oh, they're glowies because they're obviously federal agents disguised as protesters. And, and, and the locals typically know how to point these people out. So they, we thought they were glowies for a while. It turns out that the Lincoln Project sent these people to go there. Now, what was weird about these people is, number one, they were very professional. They, they were kind of just standing there. They, they looked like they, they knew what they were doing. Uh, but also one of the white supremacists was black. Like, imagine you're you're looking at a group of white supremacists and one of them's a, a brown person. And they're like, Jews will not replace us. And it's like, OK, whatever, bro. You know, you could obviously see through it. Um, but this is a whole a whole story. But the point is, the Lincoln Project sent these people to go and, and smear the, the Yunkin campaign. The idea is that they wanted this campaign to be associated with white supremacy. Now, um, now the Lincoln Project are a group of uh, Republicans that that essentially started uh, this organization, the Lincoln Project, to be anti-Trump. Um, now, I usually don't like to say things like Republican in name only or Democrat in name only, because typically that that refers to anyone who just doesn't vote the way the, the base wants them to all the time. But if there ever is a time to talk about Republicans in name only, it would be the Lincoln Project. These are Republicans that have nothing nice to say about any Republicans. They're pretty much like, oh, we need to say the Republican Party. So vote for Democrats all the time. There is there isn't a Republican that the Lincoln Project has met that they liked. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. Uh, okay, so now to go over the timeline so that you you kind of understand. Um, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to ask. So the timeline of the events, just to get you an idea of how this got here. So all around the country, parents started organizing groups to confront school boards over critical race theory. Uh, critical race theory has come to the forefront of the country's imagination. 
where we see critical race theory everywhere. This is because of a large campaign to uncover what these teachers are telling students in schools. And so a lot of parents are saying like, hey, show us the education. We see what you're teaching our kids is that America's racist or that, you know, there's like more than two genders or that transgenderism and there's porn in the library and all this stuff. So parents are approaching their school boards and they're saying, hey, knock it off. And they're organizing and it's very obvious that they're organizing. So then Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire starts attending these uh, school board meetings. And what Matt Walsh would do is he would go and he would start speaking and he would speak out on behalf of the parents. And they really, really liked it. Now, there's the count. Now, in Virginia, Loudoun County school boards, they decided to restrict access to the school board meeting to those to only to those living in Loudoun County, which is to say that you were only allowed to attend the Loudoun County school board meeting if you lived in Loudoun County. Now, Matt Walsh, to his infinite or no. What? I mean, do I mean, are other people from other counties usually allowed to go? Yeah. And as it should be, because uh, every single board of education across the country is funded federally, which is to say that what goes on in Virginia, people in New Jersey fund, what goes on in California, people in Wyoming fund. Right. So it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Where where did you where did you get that? What do you mean? That's that's a, that's that's a known thing. What? That's a known thing. Yeah. If if it's if a school school boards are funded by the board of education, the the federal uh, department of education, and we pay taxes federally, and those taxes go to the the department of education, and so therefore we fund all these. This is a federal thing. All right. Yeah. So. Uh, so Matt Walsh, to his infinite credit, he decides to go and rent a basement in Virginia in order to attend the Loudoun County uh, uh, school board meeting, which wow, what just a boss. the love. What? Say what a boss. What a boss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they actually marketed. I was I remember watching uh, a lot of those shows at the time. And, uh, you know, that meme, I think it was uh, it's with uh, what's his face? Steve Buscemi wearing the backwards baseball cap. And you see him near a locker and he goes, what's up, my fellow kids? And so they just uh, oh, yeah. superimposed, yeah, they superimposed Matt's face on that meme, and they said, "Well, how's it going, fellow Virginians?" <laughs> right? So they did that. Um, that was that was the meme going around at the time. But he 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 did speak at the Loudoun County School uh, Board meeting. He he was only allowed to speak for sixty seconds because they restricted it to sixty seconds of speaking. So what he did was he actually he just gave like a like a really rousing like sixty second like diatribe about the you know the the school board that they're a bunch of predators um and i have to agree with them these people are out of their minds um and so what happens so as this movement is 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 continuing merrick garland you know who merrick garland is right merrick garland uh merrick Gar no who is that he is i think he's what's his merrick garland's official uh uh title merrick garland Gar yeah, he's the attorney general of the United States. OK. Uh -huh. OK. And so he he directs the Justice Department to start labeling these parents as domestic terrorists. Yeah, and I remember. Uh, OK. About. OK. OK. So. Um, OK. So we're caught up on that. Now, the Daily Wire breaks a story about a girl who was raped in Loudoun in a Loudoun County school by a gender fluid boy in a bathroom, which is to say that 
in one of these Loudoun County schools, there was a girl who went to the ladies' room, and well, this boy. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but does this all you know go back to the, like the the tiki torch people and? Yeah, it does. All goes back. All goes back. I'm 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 building up to the events that happened last weekend. This is all a developing story. Okay. So the Daily Wire breaks a story about a girl who's raped in a Loudoun County school by a gender fluid boy in a bathroom. So what essentially that means yeah, that is that terrible. there was a yeah, no, it was terrible. And then the father of the girl, he goes to the school board. He demands someone look at it and they say, oh, you know, we're dealing with it in an internal way. And he gets arrested for for making a fuss about it because his daughter was raped. So, you know, as as you do, and, <laughs> you know, as you usually do, <laughs> as you do. Um, no, so this guy gets arrested. Honestly, if if it was me, I they would be lucky if it was just arrested. If it was just me, if my if my daughter got raped and they weren't dealing with it, I would. People would be. Uh, I don't want to talk about it because I'd probably get banned. But it wouldn't be pretty. <laughs> um. So and this is all building up. This is all going on in Virginia. This is all going on in Virginia. So this whole this whole whirlwind of. There's essentially this crap show is going on in Virginia with the school board and and especially this fa- uh, this this little girl, this 15 year old girl who got raped by a boy who who wears skirts going into the bathroom. Right. It's terrible. And this is all going on during an important election season. So this is going to be the first election, major election since Joe Biden got into office. Do you know when the election is? Um. The pre- not the presidential election, right? The no, this election, the one that's going on right now, the one that they're doing the campaigning for right now in Virginia for uh, governor. Yes, um, it is. I have no idea. It's this Tuesday. Oh, all right, nice. It's this Tuesday, so this is the first election cycle since the 2020 election. Now, Glenn Youngkin is the Republican nominee or the Republican candidate, rather. And he's um, going against Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe is famous for saying that parents don't have the right to know what the kids are being taught at the schools. Mm -hmm. Right. So as you can imagine, Glenn Youngkin is becoming very popular because Terry McAuliffe is just shooting himself in the foot. Number one, because he's a Democrat. He's associated with Joe Biden. Joe Biden's ratings are in the toilet right now. But also, he personally said that parents don't have any say over what their kids are being taught. Which, to you know, we did talk about that earlier, that while society does have a say in it because we have a vested interest in your child's well-being, I think parents do have the right to know what their kids are being taught. Yeah, I do. In my personal opinion. I, right? I, in my personal opinion, too, I definitely believe that, you know, parents should know what's being taught to their kids. Especially since, um, especially because parents don't really have school choice. They don't have the option to say, hey, I, I don't really want my, to send my kids to the to the public school. I mean, they, they do have that option. They do and they it's don't. Not- it's, they're just limited by, you know, where they live or distance or, you know, money. I don't know. Well, what, what I mean by what I meant specifically by choice is that the parents are paying for the schools, whether they like it or not. 
right? If the parents decide to send their kids to private school, that's additional money. It's not the money that they spend on taxes so that they, they can send their kids to school. That's already getting sent to the public school. They don't have any choice in that. So if they want to pull their kids out of the public education system, they either need a homeschool or they need to send to private school, but that all costs extra money, which you can't, which many times these people lose because they're being taxed so heavily. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's that. So parents definitely do have the right to know what their kids are being taught. And well, as you can imagine, Glenn Youngkin is doing pretty well. Now I'm going to preface this by saying that this is a Fox news poll and therefore should be taken with a grain of salt. But when I saw the Fox news poll, there was a 53% support for Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, which to me makes sense. Uh huh. I mean, it definitely sounds like a good thing. Um, no, hopefully, hopefully these polls are right. Now, me personally, I don't buy the polls only because polls and a buck fifty will get you a cup of coffee. Um, just a cup of coffee? Not- oh no, not not in Biden's economy anymore. A buck fifty <laughs> will get you bubkis. But uh, no, in Trump's economy, a good poll and a buck fifty will get you a cup of coffee oh, okay. in Trump's economy. But we're talking about Biden's economy, so it's probably like six fifty. Or no. And that's if you're not going to Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're not your own coffee, (laughs) it costs six bucks, I guess. Uh, uh, But yeah, that but the 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 Fox News poll is pretty uh, supportive. But you you do have to understand it is a Fox News poll. Uh, It is skewed Republican, I assume. But we'll we'll see. Um, The problem I have with this poll is that it assumes that people are that are going to vote Republican. But the reality is Virginia is a blue state. Virginia is a blue state, especially because a lot of people live in Virginia to work in D.C. Now, D.C. is like 95 percent blue. So people will move to Virginia because there they can vote. They can't vote in D.C. So, you know, how Maryland is not Maryland is also Maryland. (laughs) No, it's not discrimination. Maryland's also a blue state because of people who live in D.C. All right. Um, West Virginia is the only state in like that tri-state area, the the Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland area. That's a red state. And uh, we, we see this in other places, but essentially Virginia has become a blue state. So I don't know how this is going to translate into results for Glenn Youngkin. Uh, but we'll see. Hopefully, 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 hopefully uh, Glenn Youngkin will win. And that will be good tidings because if if if. If Glenn Youngkin can destroy the Democrats on an off year, then it's it spells really bad things for the Democrats coming in 20, 2022. Yeah, I kept hearing about, oh, the was it uh, half court, the 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 2022 um, the midterms midterms. Yeah, that's what they called it. It's like, oh, yeah, they midterms. might be in trouble for the midterms and stuff. So, yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that. I mean, we'll see. We we have to see honestly. That the, my issue is we first of all, Republicans have to break through the the mail in voting. The mail in voting they need to win one election, and then they need to restore back to the old elections where election day was on the first Tuesday in November, and you had to show up in person to vote because otherwise, Democrats are going to continue winning elections till the end of time. That is just the reality. I don't make the rules. This is how it works. If you want Democrats to win for forever, oh, you, don't you need to have. Oh. I don't make the rules. I just think them up and let, write them down. But I do not make the rules. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the, 
that was a South Park joke. That was not mine. I uh, I'm not nearly that original. But uh, yeah, uh, no. But but in all seriousness, if Republicans want to win, they need to just win a couple of elections and get their rears into gear and 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 turn all these vote by mail laws, uh, throw them out because Republicans will never win if they have to compete with with mail-in voting in democrat cities they will never win a single election ever again so but that's just my opinion uh yeah so essentially they're doing their final you know campaigns glenn youngkin is doing this bus tour and now it comes out that the lincoln project is responsible for the smear of the youngkin campaign where do you think this is going to go what do you think this is going to translate to you you mean what you mean what's the media or you know what's everyone else gonna think of this uh, whole thing? Do you think do you think this is gonna bode well for Yunkin or do you think this is gonna bode well for McAuliffe? You mean with the situation with those uh, people with the torches standing outside, making it look like you no, know, oh that was yeah the Republicans are white supremacists. Yeah, um, do you, I think it's going to come out? You know, like seem that way that oh, there are white supremacists. Um, no, this is it's being reported. I got the article that I'm reading from that it says that the Lincoln Project organized the Tiki Torch people that came out of the Washington Post. Oh, wow. The Washington Post, mind you, is no friend of Republicans. So if Washington Post is reporting this, then that means people are going to see, like, oh, this is not true, like th- that the Tiki Torch people are. Um, it's hard Actually, to say because, yeah. like you said, polls aren't very, you know, aren't accurate uh, all the time. Um, they're a good indicator to an extent. But um, like you said, Virginia is a blue state. Um, so it's it's hard to it's very hard to tell whether I feel like it could go either way um, at this point. I mean, from what I understand, for what you've been saying um, up until now, that it seems like maybe they might be going more towards right. And if he does win, um, that would be a huge win for uh, the Republican Party um, because it's a blue state. But at the same time, um, like you said, it is a blue state. So the likelihood of uh, it staying that way is very high. So, um, so I mean, from what I understand, uh, it, it could go either way, in my opinion. I'm me personally, I'm more concerned that if the Republicans lose, somehow this is going to be made into a voter like a voter fraud scandal, which on the one hand, I want to believe that Republicans get out to vote and they do lose because there's cheating. I would love to believe that. And in terms of the the 2020 election, I definitely I don't think that election was kosher. But in terms, but just as a matter of strategy, it would not be a good idea for us to keep on blaming things on voter suppression or voter fraud or this or that, simply because if we erode faith in the elections, people will not go out to vote. And that helps the Democrats. It doesn't help Republicans. Yeah, I agree. And also, I mean, there's only so many times that you can really blame something and then people start getting tired of it. So whether you're right or wrong, I mean, it doesn't matter. But like, you know, eventually 
you know, if you keep, you know, you know, nagging about it, mentioning it, and you know, telling people, oh, it's this, this, and that, then you know, people are going to get tired and start ignoring you. Yeah, that that's that's I guess another one of my concerns. Um, I would like that. I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about this. I, I kind of hope Glenn Youngkin wins. Number one, so that people see that Republicans can win elections. I would love for for Glenn Young, also for the parents of Virginia who who want some accountability uh, for what's going on in their schools. For for God's sake, this is terrible. What's going on right now in Virginia? But I think it would be good for the nation to see a Republican win. It would be, it would be if 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 Glenn Young can wins. Also, it's the end of the Biden administration as we know it. It's 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 just the Biden administration's over. I don't know. I don't know the future. <laughs> no, it's not about the future. It's just a matter. Ben Shapiro talks about it a lot about. Uh, he he speaks a lot about this on his show. That essentially, if if Glenn Youngkin wins in Virginia, what that does is it nerfs the Democrat platform, because if Glenn Youngkin were to lose, right, then the Democrats know, oh, we're pretty popular. Let's ram through more. Uh, let's ram through more uh, legislation. Let's put more laws on the books. Let's continue doing what we're doing. Similar to what's going on in Canada, right? When uh, Justin Trudeau won the election and the party that really wanted to upset the system, they didn't even get a single seat. The uh, Trudeau took it as a as a, a kind of mandate to make more uh, draconian lockdown rules and vaccine mandates and this and that. So if let's say, let's say Terry McAuliffe wins, what's going to happen is the Democrats are going to take that as a sign that, oh, the people like us, right? So we're going to continue doing what we're doing because we're obviously doing something right. Which means that, you know, come 2022, we may have some really, really bad laws on the books, um, whether Republicans win in 2022 or not. Mm. Well, it's definitely- but if Glenn... Yeah, what are you saying? What? I was going to say, but if Glenn Youngkin wins, then what's going to happen is Biden's not going to care about what happens in Virginia. But you know who will care about what happens in Virginia? All the Democrats who were elected in, in, in purple states or, in, or even in red states that were elected who now have to say, well, should I be putting my brand on a sinking ship? Right? They may not vote on certain issues because they may see – Virginia was able to turn red because the the policies that our party are putting in place are so unpopular. I can't do that. So then all of a sudden, Joe Biden's not going to have a consensus anymore. He's not going to have a majority in the House. He's not going to have a majority in the Senate. And all of a sudden, his presidency will be nuked. Right. So anything that Biden does will have to be through executive order. It will be like Obama all over again. But Biden is a one-term president. He's not. He's not getting a second term. There's no bloody way he's getting a second said term. It, that he doesn't plan on it. I will eat my shorts if Joe <laughs> Biden gets. No, I will literally. Very specific. Put my. <laughs> uh, no, I will literally go put my shorts in an oven and bake them and eat them in front of everyone if Joe Biden gets a second well, term. At least have I some will... rice with it or or some vegetables. No, no, I'll, I'll put some rice. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the point is, is that Biden is very obviously not a two term president. He's very obviously a one term president. It shows he already it hasn't even been a year. And Joe Biden, just as a person, is falling apart. I don't think he's going to last till 2024. Um, so. 
it's it will really be three years of just a guy signing papers and then whoever comes in next whether it's a democrat or republican they will either have to reinforce everything they do or they take down everything they but it will be that simple it will be that simple it won't be he, he can't do anything if glenn youngkin wins if glenn youngkin wins that's it the democrats are done till 2024 but mm-hmm. enough about that topic uh, it's been a while we've talked a lot thank you for being with us this week Make sure to follow and tune in on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts for amazing future episodes. Enjoy the rest of your week. We look forward to seeing you in the next podcast.